and welcome to The Passion Factor, Pursuing a Career in Human Rights podcast with me, Vicky Praise, in conjunction with Human Rights Pulse. I'm a human rights professional with over 20 years experience in the human rights sector, which has taken me from Serb enclaves in Kosovo to behind the prison gates in Japan. I feel passionate about helping the new generation of human rights professionals like you as you start out on your career. But this podcast wants to help you go deeper and interview interesting people who've had incredible human rights careers and who can offer practical and useful advice. Each episode we will speak to one guest at length about their own human rights journey, what and who helped them and what challenges they faced along the way. We'll ask those questions you were too afraid to ask. So join us on Human Rights Pulse where we make the conversation about human rights accessible, engaging and practical. You can find us online at humanrightspulse.com, on Twitter with the handle at Human Rights Pulse and Instagram on Human Rights Pulse. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Welcome to The Passion Factor, pursuing a career in human rights in conjunction with Human Rights Pulse. In this podcast series, we interview human rights professionals with a story to tell about their career and calling in the human rights sector. This week, it was my turn to be interviewed by Aksa Hussein, the co-founder of Human Rights Pulse, about my own journey as a human rights professional. I tell you about where it all started for me, life in the field, and offer some tips and advice about starting out in the sector. Enjoy. It's a pleasure to be interviewing you, Vicky. Given that this is a careers podcast, I think it's only fitting that we start with the question um, that many dread during interviews. Tell me a bit about yourself. Thank you, Axel, for for, um, the invitation to to join you. A little bit about myself. So I am a London-based human rights lawyer. Uh, London is home now. I've been overseas a lot. I've been working um, as a human rights lawyer for over 20 years and um, have had a really long and and varied career um, as a a lawyer, um, as an international human rights lawyer, um, working for the UN, the Council of Europe, in the not-for-profit sector, and uh, my work has taken me overseas as well. And um, for many years, I have mentored and supported young professionals and students who are looking to start out in their um, career in the human rights world. And it's a real passion of mine, and we can talk more about that later. Um, but that's a little bit about me and, and, and who I am. That's great. And as you've mentioned, you have spent you know, a lot of time over the past few years mentoring students and young professionals. Um, and we'll now be starting this Human Rights Pulse Careers podcast, which is you know, incredible, and we're very grateful. Um, So we'll start a bit about um, learning about your own career and then in the human rights field and then your plans for the podcast channel. Does that sound okay? Sounds perfect. Sounds great. Great. So perhaps the first question um, that I'm also intrigued to hear about, uh, what motivated you to work in the human rights field? So I was thinking about about this and, and I think it went back to university days and I always had an interest in rights and in justice and um, I was working in a prison crash, helping the um, families as they were visiting their uh, loved ones in prison. 
and I was setting up stalls at, um, for World Human Rights Day with Amnesty. So I'd always had that interest in rights and justice and I did a law degree and I didn't enjoy my law degree until it came to doing international law, civil liberties, human rights. That's really when it spoke to me and that I knew that that was something that was of interest to me. And that sort of feeling has, has continued throughout my career. So um, it, it's been with me for a long time, this kind of, this concept of, of as I say, rights and, and protecting human rights. Um, and that was really my, my motivation where I started. That's amazing. So it wasn't a linear path in that sense that, you know, you, you knew you wanted to do law from day one or human rights work from day one. It was more of a journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought that law would give me a good grounding, actually, and a good skill, good skill, skill set, which would uh, help me for the future. And uh, I probably wasn't helped by coming from a family of lawyers as well. So, <laughs> but no one in the human rights field, but, but I had lawyers all around me there, but I thought it would give me a good skill set, um, which could be transferable for, for other uh, types of, of legally related uh, jobs, because I've now moved more into, into policy um, laterally in my career there. So, um, but it, it was only interesting to me, as I say, towards the end when I was doing options um, and I could really choose areas that, that I, I wanted to work on, that I felt passionate about. That's really interesting. I think that was a huge motivation for me as well to, to end up in the law after doing a lot of social science stuff. Um, but it felt like this more practical, tangible way of entering the human rights field and doing meaningful work. Um, I mean, I've yet to find out whether that that is true, but uh, you've obviously proven that it is with all the incredible stuff that you've done um, around the world in the human rights field. You spoke about skills and and the skill set that you need. In your view, are there certain skills and qualities that you need to work in the human rights field, and and how do you get them? So, so certainly, I think I think in terms of qualities, it sounds kind of trite to say, but I think you really need to care and have a commitment to social justice because, mm -hmm. as a human rights professional, not only as a lawyer, in any aspect of the human rights sector, you are going to be dealing with difficult things. You may be hearing testimony from survivors of sexual violence or survivors of torture. Um, you may be, as I've done, walking into prisons and meeting people who are detained or deprived of their liberty. You may be in a refugee camp somewhere. So you really need to have that very strong and very profound commitment to social justice. Um, other qualities that you would need, um, and these are really just from, from my own experience, is tenacity. And I say that in two senses. Tenacity in the job search, that um, finding jobs um, in, in the human rights sector is difficult and challenging and tough. Um, so you need to be tenacious in terms of, of, of not letting that get you down. But also you need to be tenacious in a sort of substantive sense because you are going to be challenging governments um, and saying to governments, this is not right what you're doing. It, it, it contravenes human rights norms and standards. And you're not going to get very far probably in your first engagements with governments or, or, or not at all. So you need to be tenacious um, in, in your approach and, and not give up in that respect. Um, other, other sort of qualities that you would need, um, kind of closely aligned to tenacity is being resilient. And I say that again in, in, in two senses. Human rights work can be tough in terms of where you might find yourself. You might find yourself in a a duty station somewhere in the middle of, of, of the desert or something like that and so you need to have that inner resilience about yourself 
um, that you can cope with that kind of environment. But also, as I say, resilience just in the type of work that you're doing and, and the things that you're listening to and seeing and processing and, and having that mental and physical resilience to, to cope with that. Um, being flexible and adaptable, um, again, twofold, being flexible and adaptable in terms of the, the changing situation that, that, that you might face. Um, in terms of, of where you are, you might have to pick up your bath very quickly and evacuate somewhere if you're in a, in a very difficult situation. Um, or somewhere that's that's dangerous or might become dangerous but also being flexible and adaptable in terms of of your your job uh career and your your trajectory uh you might have to to, to be flexible in terms of where you go the types of work that you're doing the nature of the work that you're doing so those are the kind of qualities that i would say are are important for a career in human rights that's really interesting and I guess it speaks to the fact that human rights isn't a static field that you work in, it's constantly involving the situations are constantly changing and in order to yeah, stay and continue working you've got to be able to adapt in, in all the ways that you mention. I guess for somebody young, um, you know, a young professional or a student who is inspiring to work in the field, these words such as tenacity and resilience um, they sound great, but also uh, so far away, almost like how, how do you develop that as a young student or a, an aspiring professional? It's a good point and it's difficult to say, but I, I think the, these skills evolve and develop and, and as you go through your sort of um, studies, as you start your kind of life um, as a young professional, these are things that you build up being in the workplace generally. Um, but it, it's difficult to say you know you have you have those skills that are innately there but they're, they're things that grow in and develop with you as, as you start out but i imagine it'd be a case of getting continuously getting work experience and exposure to those fields of course you're not going to uh, you know end up at some duty station during your second year of uh, law politics or whatever but um it's it's talking to the right people learning about you know what sorts of responsibilities they have how they've overcome challenges how they've got into the field but also doing work such as research in those areas and um attending events etc i mean is is that the way that you can kind of get exposure to this tenacity and, and resilience absolutely i think i mean absolutely at an early stage when you're at the, <clears throat> the inception of your of your career it's it's talking to lots of people who are maybe a little bit further down the line and learning from them what's life like um, as a human rights professional so um getting yourself out there and, and learning and listening going to talks and lectures and, and putting yourself out there um where you might sort of find out more about these types of, of opportunities and then as you say exactly um doing some voluntary experience, doing some volunteer work or pro bono work to, to kind of see what, what that work actually looks like in, in real terms and, and what it, it involves. So lots of different avenues and ways that you can go to actually get those skills or build up that skill set. You've managed to travel all over the world in your capacity as a human rights lawyer. Um, you know, you've mentioned Kosovo, Japan, the UN, etc. like really places that some of us you know, we'll never have the opportunity to see maybe um, in the way that you've been able to see them. Was it as glamorous as it seems to everyone on the outside, this sort of jet setter human rights um, 
yeah lifestyle well i can safely say that it's not all um like being like a mal clooney that's for sure it's um it can be tough um it can be isolating it can be at times dangerous um and i say that if you're kind of going to work in a um in a far-flung place or a place where you know a conflict zone or or a, a kind of post-conflict zone um I think it can be very interesting and exciting to be in a new place um, but there's also the challenges of of making a life there and actually if you're going for a longer period of time this is um, building up new contacts um, meeting people and, and and having having that kind of social space as much as a professional life as well you're away from your family you're away from friends you're away from loved ones and this all matters and and, and so I think there it's not definitely not as glamorous as it seems um, and that's why I mentioned there about that resilience point. So you are away from the kind of the, the comfort of home comforts that you might have. But there's also the flip side that you're in a new environment where you might have new opportunities open up to you and meeting new people. So that's what drew me to it, the, the kind of the new experiences that you can have through working in, abroad. That's very cool. I, I guess it's also something that you can say in hindsight that it's not as glamorous because, um, you know, from where I'm sitting and I'm sure a lot of uh, young aspiring human rights uh, practitioners, we're all about, um, gosh, I can't wait to travel to, you know, all these places and do all this important work. Um, whereas I'm sure in, in a few years time, we realise that the reality, once we've done it, that the reality is that there are more difficulties uh, that we did not think about before getting into the, the job but yeah. it's... and you might not you might not actually confront them until you're there sitting there in that job and and, and um so so in a way you have to kind of go and do it to try it and see if it works for you it might you might find that you go out somewhere and you love it and it's exactly where you want to be in the human rights world or the opposite you go there this is not for me i can't cope with being away from the internet for you know, uh, days on end, or um, I don't want to be stuck in a container somewhere, or um, which you might well be. So, um, <laughs> container. It, it, absolutely. No, no. In some, uh, and I say that, you know, with the UN, some people, peacekeeping missions, um, you are stuck in a corrugated container, and that is your home and your workplace. I didn't have that in Kosovo, thankfully. I was um, in the community I was living in, in um, Pristina and in, and in Prizren. So I was, you know, in a safe place, but but in some peacekeeping missions, absolutely. So it might suit, it might not suit, but don't let that stop you from going out there and and, and you know taking up those opportunities. Very cool. And so, what has been the highlight of your career to date? So I was thinking about this, and it's really difficult to pinpoint one one sort of highlight of my career because I've been very fortunate and lucky that I've had so many interesting different things but I think for me um, one of them has been going right right back to where I cut my teeth as an immigration and asylum lawyer for six and a half years with a national charity here in the UK um, and it was securing um, my clients asylum basically winning cases for uh, in their asylum claims and I think in the six and a half years that I did this work I, I won six asylum claims for my clients so um so those have that's really been a highlight actually enabling somebody to live and safely um here in the uk um free from from the country of origin where they are um and then also kind of going out to the field um having that in field experience um 
and actually being on the ground and 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 living that sort of having that experience. So a few different a few different highlights. It's difficult to say. I think it's so nice and um, you know unique almost that you've had this very um, grounded domestic experience here in the UK working as um, in in the capacity of a lawyer, but then also gone abroad. So you're really able to speak to both um, experiences and. Um, and the different skills that you need for them and also the you know how fulfilling both of them can be um, because if you work in the human rights field it's not just about um, right I'm a human rights uh, practitioner I will end up in the field and and you know list a bunch of countries uh, but you you know you're really able to do human rights work from anywhere whether that's your own country. Absolutely I mean you can do human rights at home and you know there are lots of people who have had a very successful human rights career at home in their country, working on domestic human rights issues and, and sort of ensuring that, that rights at home are protected. Um, and equally, you can look at sort of a, a human rights career overseas as well. The two are, are not sort of exclusive, they can work together and you can do a bit of both, absolutely. So, you know, you can spend some time um, at home building up that expertise and then taking it overseas as well. So that the world is your oyster and whenever I kind of Give these talks I, that's my top line the world absolutely is your oyster um, in terms of human rights careers or avenues do you have any role models or mentors um so again something i was thinking about that, that there is one woman who who is actually a mentor to me and 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 helps me and supports me and she has um herself had a very interesting and varied human rights career um, actually starting out as a humanitarian in um Bosnia and then did us into Afghanistan and and she's a little bit of a, of a, a role model to me um, in terms of just the, the life that she's led and, and where she finds herself now as a as a coach and, and mentor um, and and has just helped me to kind of crystallize my own career path and where I want to go um, uh, but also ha has had a, a fabulously interesting career herself and, and someone that I look up to as to what a human rights career can be. Um, that's uh that that's really cool um you know having that sort of mentorship i think is so important um throughout your career i've certainly benefited from the mentorship of of many people um yourself as well uh and 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 you know it's it's incredibly um important and rewarding to know that uh I guess being a mentor as well that you are helping to shape somebody's career and and helping expose them to different areas of um of whatever profession that they're in yeah, yeah. the mentors can can be valuable and again when i do my human rights careers talks is one thing that i say to, to young students and professionals is to find a mentor somebody who can travel with you on your human rights journey and they can pop in at different moments and you might need them for different things so you might need them at the outset just to kind of start you off in terms of thinking through where do you want to go in terms of human rights career they might come in at a different stage in terms of uh, you know when you're looking to, to move jobs and, and where next or very practical things like looking over a cv or a cover letter um, and they can also help with things like interview skills and confidence building so you might have a couple of mentors for different things as well so you're not sort of you know wedded to one one mentor particularly but, but that's something that i advise people to think about um, finding a, a mentor at an early stage, they can really be valuable. 
Yeah, that's really good advice that, you know, not just being wedded to one mentor, but but being open to having several for the different things that you need. Moving on to our next question, how would you have done anything differently, if at all you would have done anything differently? I mean, were there any challenges that you faced when working in the field, in this field, the human rights? I think one, um, of, the, one of the challenges, uh, and this is, again, something that I, I really find difficult is the uncertainty of the human rights world in terms of the the career path that you you have to kind of almost go where the jobs take you in a, in a way so there's a lot of uncertainty um, and people will will move around a lot there and so difficult to sort of find secure work in the field so I find that very challenging um, some of my roles the longest roles I've had have been three years four years um, and others much shorter. Uh, so there's a lot of uncertainty there and that, that, that is difficult um, to, to do. Um, other, other challenges? Not <laughs> so it's, you know, I, would, I, I think I would have liked to improve my language skills because one of the things I wanted to say earlier was around sort of the skill set that languages are, are super helpful and really important and open up a lot of opportunities for you. So I think one of the things that I would have done differently is, is perhaps built up my, my my languages a little bit more though I have got French and that has been useful for me in terms of the work that I've done with the Council of Europe and, and other things but having lots of languages I think helps helps you in, in the human rights world and, and progress, progress. Right so that's what you would have done differently perhaps invest in learning languages a bit more. Yeah a little bit a little bit more there but I can't otherwise no I think every opportunity that I've had I've, I've just kind of um, taken on board and I can't say that I've regretted any one position or any one thing that I've done or done something differently because I've just really followed followed the route and where, where, where things have come my way or opportunities have come my way um, and, and then gone for them. Gosh, that's such a dream uh, to, <laughs> to have no regrets and um, and yeah, to really just to get to a point in your career where you say that you have just been following your dreams and and, and doing things that you really enjoy um so very very cool vicky um what is the best piece of advice that you can offer to anyone starting out in the human rights world so there are, there's maybe a few pieces um and i suppose the first thing is to sort of say that really take every opportunity that comes your way because you don't know where it's going to to lead you you don't know who you're going to meet through that you don't know um where it might take you in terms of, sort of geographically or whatever so I think that's a, a really sort of um, important piece of advice. Um, start thinking critically about human rights. If you want to have a career in human rights, start writing and, and engaging with, with the human rights issue and, and getting active in terms of social media and starting to, to write about it. If there's a particular issue that you care deeply about within the human rights world, start to think critically about that and, 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 and be, be, a, be a commentator um, in terms of that. Practically, just a, just a quick side note that Human yeah. Rights Pulse is an excellent platform to you to, for you to for do sure, that. For sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, going to talks and lectures, being visible. Um, so, you know, again, a particular area that, that, that you feel passionate about, passionate about in human rights, you know, learn everything there is to know about that, going to the talks, going to the lectures, getting work experience um, in that sector, in that field is really valuable. Um, so offering yourself a pro bono service, you know, pro bono work, but knowing how much time you can give 
and being realistic about the time that you can give um, and making your offer a valuable offer, not only for you, because you want to get something out of it in the organization as well. So I think, um, you know, doing that and then skilling up as well, um, building those soft skills, which are so important for a human rights career going you know, in, in the longer term. Um, so even you know, at, at university or as you start out, building those writing skills and those oral skills, those public speaking skills, which are so important and valuable as a human rights advocate. But then more tangible skills like um, your research skills, which you might need to for report writing or, or writing a, uh, a submission to, to um, the UN. Um, and then other sort of maybe more specific ones like um, budgeting and, and grant writing and, and things like that and, and social media skills. But these are perhaps further down the line. So just building up your, your skill set and skilling up um, are really important. But lots of different bits of advice there <laughs> rather than just one. Yeah. No, but I'm sure lots of people uh, tuning into this will find that very useful because it's practical advice um, that you can, you know, list down and also think about how you can start working on developing those skills. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been really useful. Thank you, Vicky. Um, perhaps moving on to this, uh, the idea behind this podcast. Um, so we're really excited that, you know, you've chosen Human Rights Pulse as a place where you can... Um, introduce this podcast to uh, bring this sort of new dimension to the work that we're doing in terms of making the profession itself accessible um, and, and talking to professionals. Perhaps you can um, tell me a bit about why you wanted to start this project. No, certainly. I mean, as I mentioned sort of earlier on, I have mentored, supported and helped young professionals and students who want to work in the human rights career for, for many, many years. Um, and it's something that I truly, really feel passionate about doing and, and making it accessible and as open as possible to people who want to work in the sector. So I had a little sort of gem of an idea in my head about doing some sort of podcast, um, interviewing um, mid-career and senior career professionals um, working in the human rights sector to talk about their own journey, to talk about their own sort of uh, career path the ups and the downs um, and offering practical and meaningful advice um, about a human rights career. And then we joined forces at Human Rights Pulse. And, and so here we are now with the kind of the gem of an idea, which is now more than that, an actual project. Um, and the, the podcast is going to be called The Passion Factor, Pursuing a Career in Human Rights, because I think that kind of encapsulates very much what I'm hoping to, to get out of it. And, uh, we will be interviewing, um, as I say, uh, mid-career senior professionals about their own life, about their own journey, but more importantly, what advice and guidance they can um, offer to, to, to those of you looking to, to start out in the career, practical and meaningful advice, um, which, which will help you um, in, in your own way. So that's really where, where we're going with this. Um, and it will be a global sort of program. We're going to be hopefully talking to people from all over the world, working in lots of different human rights uh, spheres, not only lawyers, um, but other, other, others as well, who've built up a fantastic career in the, the human rights world and who can share that, that uh, passion with you. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I think we'll definitely have to work to not getting all lawyers being lawyers ourselves, which will be quite uh, interesting. Um, and, you know, I think podcasts are a great way to deliver this sort of content. I mean, so many of us, it's, it's the new hip thing now, isn't it? Yeah. Like instead of, 
we go on a run, uh, which everyone has time to do because of lockdown and quarantine and everything, uh, you know, instead of listening to music, so many, the number of people listening to podcasts is, has drastically increased. So yeah, hopefully this form of delivery um, is uh, of such information is going to be um, very useful for people. Um, what are you hoping that people take away from your podcasts? So I'm really hoping that people will, will see the, the variety of work that you can do in the human rights sector. As we say, beyond being lawyers, because there, there's so much more and so many other things that you can do in the human rights sector. So I think I, I want people to kind of take that away about the, the different openings and opportunities that you can have as a, as a human rights professional, where you can be based, what type of work you can do. Um, I think I really want to kind of get that out there. Um, but also that, as I said there, the ups and the downs of, of being in the human rights world, and there are downs and there are challenges and there are difficulties. It's, it's not as, as glamorous as, as it makes out to be, as we were saying before there. So really that's what I'm hoping that, that um, listeners of the podcast will, will get sort of tangible advice, um, the variety of work that you can do and, and some, you know, useful, useful steers about uh, the world and, and, and the good and the bad and everything else in between. And a sense of hope as well that we can make a difference, that we can, we try to make a better, make a better world out there because there are people out there doing it at the moment. Yeah, that's really inspiring. And also, I, I guess the reason why everybody comes into a profession like this, you said right at the beginning that in order to be in the human rights field, you have to have this strong sense of social justice and, and a desire to make change where you see injustice. Um, so no, that I think that's a very nice way to end this podcast. And, you know, Vicky's podcasts will be on the Human Rights Pulse website. You can also find them on our SoundCloud and our Spotify. And we'll be, I guess, promoting them as they... Um, as they're published watch this space oh, watch this space absolutely thank you so much vicky for talking about your own career before you delve into uh, this interview format with others thank you as well thank you that's great to be on thanks for listening to the passion factor pursuing a career in human rights if you like what you've heard please feel free to follow us on twitter or instagram on human rights pulse if you'd like to know more about me, Vicky Praise, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Vicky Praise, on LinkedIn, or my website, vickypraise.com. I'm always looking for interesting guests with a story to tell about their own human rights journey. If that's you, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you.